This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and I am answering readers' questions. And today I have such a great question. It is, why do I drink even though I don't want to? Uh, so to answer this question, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. And this story is going to be about um, bison hunting and gathering raspberries. <laughs> So bear with me, but I think this is really going to give perspective to why sometimes we drink even though we don't want to. So I want you to imagine for a minute that you are back in the Stone Age and you are trying to survive and you're in luck because your brain is a survival machine. So the brain says, okay, great. My one mission in life is to help this human being survive. So that's what I'm going to do at all costs. And so one of the ways the brain helps us survive is by producing dopamine. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter. And neuro basically means brain, and transmitter means like mover of information. So what dopamine does is it helps information move around the brain. And so you're back in the Stone Age, and you're looking around, and you find a raspberry bush. Your brain is going to shoot off dopamine because you eat that raspberry. That raspberry tastes good, and your brain says, hey, this thing we need to do. This is a good thing to do. This is going to help me survive. And so the brain says, yes, let's remember this. This is important. We need to do this in order to survive. And so it creates a dopamine response in the brain. And, you know, say you are hunting in the stone age and you are doing target practice. And every time you hit the target, guess what you have? You have a little bit of a dopamine rush because it's simulating maybe hitting an elk or a bison. And that is a thing that your brain knows, okay, if we do this, this is important. We do this and we get fed. We do this in order to survive. So it becomes this feedback loop that says, oh yes, this thing you just did, we want to do that again. Now, interestingly, in our society today, we have realized, and I'd say we sort of collectively have realized that certain things create additional dopamine responses in the brain. And so we've created those things with the sole intent of more dopamine. Your phone happens to be one of those things. This is a major dopamine release mechanism. But so are video games. So for instance, when you're in the Stone Age, you could maybe hit the target like once every 10 times or uh, you know, maybe, maybe once or twice a minute, right? And you'd hit actually a bison you know, a few times a month maybe or, or a few times in a lifetime, I don't know, but it was very, very few. If you're playing a first person shooter video game today, you can hit a target 100 times a minute. Dopamine, 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 extra dopamine over and over and over again, right? And like something like raspberries, you get a nice normal dopamine response from raspberries and it's like, okay, great, do that thing again. High fructose corn syrup, on the other hand, processed sugars, 
you get a dopamine response that's about times a billion. So where raspberries would create a little dopamine response, candy is going to create a really massive dopamine response. Where hitting a target would create a small dopamine response, first-person shooter video games are going to create really large dopamine responses. So what's the problem? The problem is that that dopamine response is telling your brain that thing you just did, you need to do that again in order to survive. Now, I want you to think of a day, like maybe you, like if you're a kid, maybe you played video games all day long and you just got totally sick of it. It wasn't even fun anymore, but part of you just still wanted to do it. My son talks to me like, he's like, I don't get it. I don't even know why I'm so done with this, but like, I can't stop, you know, or maybe you ate so many sweets. You almost felt sick. You just kept eating and eating. Maybe it was that piece of cake and you had two or three pieces of cake and you're like, oh, it doesn't even taste good anymore. Why do I feel compelled to do this? Because dopamine is smart. It knows that we will want to do things over and over again if we feel like we want to do it. But we don't have to necessarily like it. And that's where the big difference is, is that it starts out, we both want and like the same thing. We want the raspberries, they taste great. We like the raspberries, they taste great. We want that first piece of candy, it tastes great. We like that first piece of candy. But eventually the dopamine response increases, increases, increases. The wanting gets more and more and more, but the liking gets less and less and less. And alcohol is a major <laughs> player in dopamine response, as is, by the way, every addictive drug, heroin, cocaine, nicotine, like we've already talked about, video games, pornography, gambling, all of these things overstimulate the dopamine response in your brain. They create artificially high levels of dopamine. And what artificial means is just not found in nature. Okay, so you can't find high fructose corn syrup in nature. It's produced and it's produced in a way to create this response in your brain, because guess what? People who produce all of these things and all of those things, what do they have in common? They have in common profit. Alcohol, a lot of profit. Humongous amounts of profit. Um, sugars, candies, tons of profit. Video games, tons of profit. Drugs, gambling, pornography, all of these things have profit in common because they know that if they get you to do it, that dopamine response is going to tell your brain, hey, that thing you just did, you need to do that again. And you need to do that again in order to survive. But it's not going to care very much about how much you like it. So you find yourself with any addiction in a situation where you no longer even like that thing you really, really, really want to do. And the way out of that, of course, is to remove that thing from your life. But I believe the best way to remove it from your life is not just by removing it, not just changing the behavior. I think you need to know something new in order to feel something new because we need to work with the brain, not against it. And we know that the brain wants to do what it feels like doing. And so there's ways through knowledge and emotion to actually change how you feel about having a drink so that you don't want it and you don't actually like it. And that's a beautiful place to be. And if you're curious about that and you really want to go on this journey, I would actually invite you to join us at nakedmindpath.com where we go deep into this. We actually spend an entire year together where, you know, and of course that sounds like a lot and you're like, oh, I don't need that. And so you don't, if you don't need that, the alcohol experiment is probably great for you. But if you really want to dig into this, if you're really at a place where you're like, want to change this for good in your life then it does take some time to change your thoughts, to change your emotions, to change your desires around alcohol so that you can let it go and get out of that dopamine cycle that's been keeping you stuck in a really 
effortless and freeing way. So hopefully that story about <laughs> bison hunting in raspberries helps you understand why it is you can want to drink when you no longer even like it. Let me ask you a question. What is better than change? <laughs> Lasting change, of course. And if you've had trouble making change stick, either with alcohol or in any other area of your life, you are in for a treat. I created the 100 Days of Lasting Change to ensure that we don't just change for a moment, but we truly transform for a lifetime. And this program is so close to my heart. Thousands of people have been through it and their results are incredible. But don't take my word for it. Check it out at thisnakedmind.com forward slash 100 days. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.